0: Monkey Island at the Cleveland Zoo. It's two middle-aged men in Cleveland featuring Cleveland.com Indians beat reporter Joe Noga. And now, two guys you'll go ape for: Ken Dorznick and Ted Clark.
1: Fighting inches of snow all throughout Northeast Ohio, but that doesn't make any difference. Episode 42 is definitely here. Two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Ken Dorsnick, Ted Klopp. Ted, quickly, I don't want to start off on kind of on a sour note, but I wanted to bring up something really quick. A passing of two different people in the last couple of weeks that I wanted to make mention of real quick. The first, Brandon Kirby. Many people from St. Ignatius High School certainly know that name just because of his ability to play football very well. But also, he was a very big advocate for the St. Ignatius program and St. is football. He passed away at a very young age of 39 from cancer. Hmm. And then also a gentleman by the name of Larry Seaford, which many people who are involved with track and field should know that name. He's been involved with USA Track. He's part of the reason my dad is a track official to this day. I worked with Larry a lot when I was working at Padua High School. He helped us with many meets. Passed away last month. I certainly want to make a mention of that and let all the families know that there are our thoughts and prayers. Once again, Tough dealings right now, but I, I think they're both in a much better place. I think we forgot to mention
2: uh, last week or the week before, we should have mentioned the passing of Les Levine, the longtime legendary Cleveland radio talk show host who had such a unique view of sports with his how-come quickies. And I loved calling his show because I would call, I wasn't the only one who would do this, but you, you, you could call and you'd say, hey, Les, great show. And he'd say, today?
1: that is and so you know
2: you got to you were kind of part of the show at that point he was so uh, yeah he used to end his show each time by saying of all the shows i've done this was the most recent so (laughs) great guy les levine was a great guy how was your valentine's day ken
1: you know, Ted, it was great. I was actually on my way back from Cincinnati, spent some time with my future stepson. We were in Cincinnati for Saturday and then came back on Sunday. And it was great. And then we kind of hung out and watched uh, some shows. I recently got Peacock, the subscription group, where uh, they have all of the different NBC type of shows, so like The Office and all that. And there's a show I started to watch that I've never watched before, which is outstanding. And it's called Modern Family. Oh, it's just, oh, that's an really awesome, show. great stuff. I, I've not watched the all the seasons or anything like that. We just started watching a couple of the episodes the night before, and I was howling. I mean, it yes. was like two or three episodes, and I was just howling of how well it's written and the characters yeah. are just outstanding. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. That's what I get excited about now is TV shows. So yeah, that's well, kind of what we did. It was cool. How about it's,
2: yourselves? It's interesting. Well, why don't we talk about my Valentine's Day with my wife? Okay. Uh, we have the segment coming up later in the show. Let's save that for them. But Modern Family, the thing I find interesting, that is an ABC network show that's on the Peacock streaming channel. I found yeah, that th-
1: interesting. but That you know. is interesting. I know some of these different groups paid money to have that show. And I think if I'm not mistaken, Peacock paid a good amount of cash to have that show. And it was smart. That's, a, that's yeah. some great, great. Time. Oh, that's a
2: great show. You're going to like that show.
1: My wife and I watched every episode of that show. That's outstanding.
2: Tremendous. Well, coming up on this show, a woman runs out of hairspray, and the substitute she chose provides horrible results. We're going to explain in Klopp's clips. We're also going to talk tribe with Cleveland.com Indians beat reporter Joe Noga. We will stick with baseball for this week in Cleveland history. The misspeak of the week this time comes courtesy of CNN's coverage of the impeachment trial last week. We have another bit of good news to share, and since Ken and his fiancée Eowyn showed they know each other pretty well last week, my wife Erica and I are going to be put on the hot seat this week as we play, in honor of Valentine's Day, Spouse or Stranger?
0: The most trusted name in journalism,
2: Clops Clips. Here we go, Ken. I don't know if you'll be aware of any of these news stories or not, but let's find out. Tessica Brown of Louisiana, doing better now than she was earlier this month. Brown ran out of hairspray and improvised. She used a spray can of Gorilla Glue. Oh, no. Come on. No. She documented the hairy situation on TikTok. She called using the industrial strength adhesive a, quote, bad, bad, bad idea said she washed it 15 times with no success in removing it. Her hair looked like a laminated helmet stuck to her head and her ponytail hardened up too. More than 28 million people watched her initial TikTok video on the matter. She said she tried several remedies to no avail and her doctor couldn't help either. Then she announced on Instagram that she had chopped off her ponytail and was flying to L.A. for help. A doctor there was able to remove the glue... During a four-hour surgery. Oh my gosh! This doctor used a combination of aloe vera, olive oil, acetone, and medical-grade
1: adhesive remover. Oh my gosh! I wonder if she's got some medical issues after this. What would make you want to do that? I mean, is it just a you're confused, or I mean, I don't understand why she decided to use Gorilla Goo. I mean, that's kind of that's a different request, I guess. I, I don't. I'm kind of. Kind of puzzled, you know, a lot of times if you don't have hairspray, you use gel, you know what I mean, or something like that, or, I don't know, I don't know why i go with Gorilla glue. But yeah. 28 million people have watched her TikTok, so maybe there's a reason for that.
2: And besides that, they saw the video she posted. Yep. A dog in Tennessee has inherited $5 million. Lulu is an 8-year-old Border Collie who is named in the will of Nashville businessman Bill Doris. Passed away late last year. Neighbor Martha Burton cared for Lulu when Doris passed away and was named the dog's caretaker in the will. She will be reimbursed for reasonable monthly expenses taking care of the dog. Interesting. I wonder what happens after, unfortunately, when... When the, the dog, dog passes? passes. Gets, I don't think that the dog
1: will die in, uh, with no will, I'm going to guess. Yeah, I'm going to go with that, too. Unless he could, you know... A signature or something like that <laughs> yeah, that's, a that's a we'll sign here yeah paw it up well
2: court is one of the many things that is virtual these days and last week an attorney was on time for a court appearance over zoom the problem was that he was on his secretary's computer and for some reason she had a cat filter on making lawyer rod ponton appear as a white cat with pretty eyes and lips that moved as he spoke. Give a listen here.
1: Mr. Ponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. <laughs> uh, you might want to uh, uh, take, take We're a trying
2: look. to, we're tr- can you hear me, Judge?
1: I can hear you, I think it's a filter. It, the- it is,
2: and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here, she's trying to, but... Uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's. I'm here live. It's not. I'm not a cat. <laughs> I'm not a cat. I'm not a cat.
1: <laughs> oh man.
2: Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Well, oh. the problem was eventually resolved, and the hearing went on.
1: Oh.
2: I'm not a cat. <laughs> I'm not a cat. I'm live. <laughs> yep. St- staying in court, a 20-year-old Danish man is awaiting an appeal. From Denmark's high court, guy was arrested during a traffic stop for what prosecutors call ruthless and thoughtless actions toward the police. The man apparently coughed toward the officers while shouting, Corona! Oh, gosh. I'll, I'll give you an impression. He went, Corona! The court is now deciding if coughing while shouting Corona constitutes threatening behavior. The ruling in the case is expected tomorrow
1: we need to find the follow-up to this to find out what the story is on this can you I'll have that I will make sure we have that next week Corona my gosh Corona
2: <coughs> Ken let me just tell you I don't want to threaten you but I will tell you that that is the end of this week's collection of <laughs>
3: Blah,
1: blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah.
3: Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah.
1: Today's guest has been a newspaper reporter since 1995. He is currently the sports reporter and social media reporter for Cleveland.com. He's the beat writer for the Cleveland Indians, but also has covered high school sports in Northeast Ohio. The St. Ignatius graduate and Walsh University graduate also hosts a podcast with sports writer Paul Hoynes called Baseball Talk Cleveland. Let's talk with Joe Noga. Joe, thanks for taking the time with us.
0: Yeah, Nice to be here.
1: Well, first and foremost, what was it like covering the team last year, considering everything that would happen, and obviously they didn't start until July.
0: It, <laughs> it was really different and challenging in terms of trying to get access to the players and differentiate your coverage, differentiate what you were reporting on different than special from the other outlets like the athletic, like ESPN, sports illustrated, any of those other sites that were, were reporting on the team. I, I give a lot of credit to Bart Swain and the guys in the Indian baseball information office for just going over the top and, and hooking us up with zoom calls and the ability to, to reach out and talk to these guys during the, the pandemic quarantine where there was, Nobody knew what was going on. And we just kept asking the same question. When are we going to get going here? That was really difficult. But once the season started, we fell into a routine, just sort of missed being in the press box with each other and and going out on the road and that kind of thing. But for the most part, covering baseball from your couch was, was different in 2020 for sure.
2: Do you expect that covering the Indians will be similar this year?
0: Well, I think the... The virus is going to tell us and the virus is going to dictate, you know, what coverage is going to look like at least early in the season in 2021. I think we'll start out the same way with very limited access. You know, when they're in town, we'll be able to go to the ballpark, sit there spread out in the the press box. But again, we'll be doing interviews with them through Zoom while they're in the park as well. Maybe that loosens up as the vaccine gets out there and, you know, we get back to maybe doing some in-person interviews on the field, who knows. But I don't see us as reporters from the Baseball Writers Association of America getting back into the clubhouse, do pregame and postgame interviews until probably the 2022 season. You know, the the Players Association has been trying to to limit our access in that regard for years. You know, ever since Mark McGuire had a a reporter – find Androsterone in his locker. That's been one of their efforts has been to sort of push us out and limit our access in that regard. But you know, the the baseball Raiders association has been pretty good about maintaining that for us.
1: Joe, one of the biggest questions that people have and one thing that's on their mind, not necessarily about the team. We'll talk about that in a bit, but what's going to happen with the nickname, the nickname of the team. That's been a big thing. Obviously what's the latest you're hearing on any movement on that, or maybe when that'll be decided.
0: Well, we haven't really heard anything that that hasn't already been public uh, over the last couple of months here. But again, the timetable and the timeline is going to be this whole 2021 season. They will play as the Cleveland Indians, and then after that, they will not be the Cleveland Indians moving forward in 2022. So that points to yes, they'll they'll have something decided and, and picked out maybe by the end of this upcoming season. But they might not. They're going through this process and they're taking it very seriously. And it's an important decision. I don't expect to hear anything differently until at some point, maybe late in the season or even in the postseason in 2021.
2: Any word or rumors on what names are being considered?
0: Nothing. Nothing. Uh, and and okay. it would be it would be against it would be counterproductive for the Indians to release any sure. sort of indication yeah. which way they're going even in general for them to say anything would be uh, it, it would, it could blow up in their face if that were the, the case. So uh, I don't expect, I think it's going to be a total surprise and a total shocker. If people think for sure that they've got it figured out and they know which way it's going to go, I expect the club to go a, a completely different direction.
1: Well, talking a little bit about the team, Joe, obviously, Going to be some different faces next year, obviously with Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco and obviously some other folks not being part of the team. Specifically, talk about the trade that the Indians made with Carrasco and Lindor. Your thoughts on the trade and talk a little bit about some of the players that are coming to the Indians.
0: I think a lot of folks probably thought that they were going to get the sun, moon, and stars for Francisco Lindor in return and that they're probably disappointed in what they got back get two shortstops back you get a couple of prospects back but considering the the gun that they had to their head in terms of have, having to make this trade otherwise you have to pay Francisco Lindor, uh you know a 23 million dollar salary this year you just can't afford that right now your team payroll is going to be in what the, the 40 million dollar range the 35 to 40 million dollar range there's no way they would have been able to afford that so they had to move him in terms of the return that they got, I really like this Andres Jimenez, his defense. You could start Andres Jimenez for 162 games at shortstop and really not lose too much defensively from Francisco Lindor, and that's a gold glove shortstop. Jimenez can make all the plays. He can make all the throws. He is lightning quick. I think if he starts the season at AAA, that's a possibility. By re-signing Cesar Hernandez, you make yourself a little more able to start Ahmed Rosario maybe at short at the beginning of the year showcase him maybe move him in a trade by midseason bring him in as up that's a possibility there the other two kids they got Josh Wolf uh, 6 foot 3 throws hard right-hander I'd love to see what the Indians can do when they put him in that sort of pitching factory that they turn out young arms there and Isaiah Green they they need all the help they can get in the outfield so maybe they develop a guy there
2: the financial effect of the pandemic not just on the Indians, but on baseball teams overall. Are we seeing that effect on player movement this year? Are we going to see it more in next year, years to come? Or is it not, uh, other than a few of the smaller teams, is it going to be kind of a, a blip?
0: It's definitely affecting every team. It's affecting small market teams like the Indians disproportionately to teams like the Mets and the the Yankees and the Dodgers look to the contract that, that Brad hand just signed any other year, any other situation, the Indians, it's a no brainer to pick up the best, one of the best closers in the American league to pick up his $10 million option to keep him for another year. They let him walk. He signs a two year deal in Washington and all of the money is deferred to 2022, or at least half of the money is deferred to 2022. You're going to see a lot more of things like that in terms of player movement Free agency moved at a glacial pace this year. Really, we're just now starting to see things loosen up. So the pandemic is going to have long-lasting financial repercussions. And here in Cleveland, it's it's been terrible. It, it really has. The, the, the Indians have been devastated financially by this.
1: Joe, one more question before we wrap up here. Talk about yourself. Here you are. You started as a sports writer in 1995. Now you're covering the Cleveland Indians. Is this something you expected to do, or is this, you know, certainly a lifelong
0: dream? I'll tell you, Ken, you remember sitting in the senior lounge at Ignatius, <laughs> reading the paper. I used to read Eddie Dwyer and his coverage of high school sports, and I used to sit there and go, that's what I want to do. You know, my dream was to be a high school sports reporter, and, you know, 95, 96, I started working at the repository in Canton that was clerking taking calls, writing scores, and and moved into recording, going out to games. And in 98, I took an internship in Cleveland and with cleveland.com, got to cover pro sports, Hall of Fame inductions, things like that. Eventually, when I made it back to cleveland.com in 2013, they hired me as as a high school sports reporter. And there I was on the sidelines with Eddie at Ignatius Football Games, covering all of Northeast Ohio sports. Over the last seven, eight years, I eventually moved up. Twenty seventeen, there was an opening on our on our Cavs and our Indians coverage teams. Actually, twenty sixteen, so I got to cover uh, World Series, uh, three NBA Finals trips. It was, it's it's been uh, a lot of fun, and and really, this is the dream right here is is covering the Indians on a daily basis, all year round, following the team and going out on the road. It's it's just been a blast uh, ever since I came on board.
1: Congrats to you, Joe. Before we let you go, can you join us for our game time segment? Yeah, no problem.
0: Ted Klopp
2: here for Westminster AV. You've heard me talk about their top-notch rental services, but don't take my word for it. Here are some Google reviews. The Ohio Society of Association Executives says not only do they meet every need we have, they anticipate additional services and requests that we have had and are always prepared. The Westside Catholic Center says the elements they added to our event enhanced every aspect of the evening. Very easy to work with, incredibly knowledgeable, and made adjustments on the fly. Whether you are planning a virtual or an in-person event, Westminster AV should be your first call for dependable, professional audiovisual equipment rentals. Call today 216-325-6960. Again the number 216 216- three, two, five, six, nine, six, zero. Time for our misspeak of the week. CNN's Allison Camerata called for a video clip of president Trump's defense team during a broadcast of the show new day. She and a panel were discussing the work of the Trump defense team during the impeachment trial, but the clip that aired was not from the defense lawyers. For people who might've missed yeah. their argument yesterday, uh, in the Senate, the legal, the Trump legal team. Let's just play a portion of it so everyone knows what we're talking about. Sorry, what I meant to play was the legal team. Yeah, that was an expletive filled collection of clips From the riot at the Capitol on January 6th, when the clip aired live on the show, the words the FCC doesn't like, they weren't bleeped out. Easily making that our misspeak
1: of the week. Cleveland! This is for you! All right, Ted, another edition of This Week in Cleveland History, February 18th, 1909. The Boston Red Sox trade Cy Young to Cleveland, who at the time were the Cleveland Naps, for pitchers Charlie Check and Jack Ryan and twelve thousand five hundred dollars. That's a lot of money at that time. Yeah, it is Young's second time playing in Cleveland. He played for the Cleveland Spiders from eighteen ninety to eighteen ninety 1890 to eighteen ninety eight. Young played for the Naps until he retired in nineteen eleven at the age of forty four. Oh. Young holds the following Major League Baseball records, which is just amazing. 511 career wins, 7,356 career pitch innings pitched, 815 career games started, 749 career complete games, and 25 and one-third consecutive hit list innings pitched. That is why they have the Cy Young Award winner every year in baseball. Yep. Because of those numbers right there. Unbelievable. More than 100 years later, And the guy still has five
2: all-time career records in baseball.
1: Well, the game has changed, and these guys pitched a ton. I mean, they would pitch doubleheaders and all this other stuff, but still the stats are just astounding. Absolutely. eleven (laughs) wins. I mean, my gosh. Now, with a lot of the pitchers who aren't pitching as many innings and things like that, your winners now are probably like, 25 games at the most. I mean, mm-hmm. he was probably winning 30, 40 games in some of those seasons, if you think about it. If I had to pick the record amongst those that I think would
2: never be broken, I would have to go with 749 career complete games. Yeah, I don't see that. No. That one's never going to get touched. Not that any others might, but that one, I don't see anyone ever coming close yeah. to
1: that. Unbelievable. Cleveland!
2: Cleveland! This is for you! Here's some good news. A French nun, believed to be the second oldest person in the world, celebrated her 117th birthday last week. Sister Andre celebrated with cards, flowers, and a meal that included foie gras, capon with fragrant mushrooms, and after a nap, some dessert with numeral candles showing 117. She washed it all down with some red wine, which she says is one of her secrets to longevity. She also enjoyed some port and some champagne. She survived two world wars and about with COVID-19. Wow. She had so few symptoms, she didn't realize she was infected. Unbelievable. My gosh. By the way, the oldest living person in the world is believed to be a
1: 118-year-old woman in Japan. 118. Hmm. My gosh. Yeah. Well, I mean, God bless this this French nun. My, I mean, that's just Sister Andre. That's amazing. Yep. 117. You know what? I'm gonna have a little wine because I want to. That's why. <laughs> that's outstanding. Ted, I I'm I'm not making it to 117. I'm gonna tell you. I that. probably mean neither. I'm not gonna have it. I did have red wine this week because I thought of her. That's a done deal. That is some good news.
3: Have you heard about Anchor? I'm not talking about the one for a boat. This is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything...
1: time for our game time segment with our guest cleveland.com reporter joe noga along with a man who's always wanted to be the slider mascot ted klopp (laughs) today's game is called name that cleveland indian player i have done some research on some all-time cleveland indian statistics you each name the player who holds the career lead for that particular stat i'll give you multiple choice options today's winner big prize guys you receive a bucket of pine tar I'm not sure what either of you are going to do with that, but uh, you're, that's what you're going to win if you're the winner today. Sound good? I'm going to send it to you, do it.
3: <laughs> you
1: could do that. All right, here is the first question Which Cleveland Indian is the career leader in hit by pitches? Basically, who's been plunked the most? <laughs> is it Grady Sizemore, Nap LaJoy, <laughs> Shinsu Chu, or Travis Hafner? Joe, you're our guest. You get the first guess on that one. And by the way, you guys can have the same guesses if you feel with the Um, best.
0: I I would have to guess Nat Lajerway. That would be my uh, my pick.
1: I'm going to go with Travis Hafner
2: just because I know he got hit a lot and I saw him play, so we'll try him.
1: Okay. I have have no idea. Well, actually, the correct answer is Travis Hafner.
0: There you go. Yes. Good call.
1: Yes. Wow. Ted, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm pretty impressed. Okay.
0: Yeah. You pick any right. other staff besides hit by pitch, I probably would have got that. Come on.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, I, Joe. I was trying to throw stuff in your wheelhouse here, but I had to go with a little bit <laughs> some obscure stuff. So, all right, we'll go one nothing, Ted. We'll go to question two. Which Cleveland baseball player is the career leader in sacrifice flies? Sacrifice flies. Is it Carlos Baerga? Kenny Lofton? Omar Vizquel or Andre Thornton? Mr. Oh. Klopp, you get to
2: guess first. Wow. None, none of the guys that I would have expected are in there. I don't think Andre Thornton played when they scored enough runs to be a part of that. He could have, but I I, I don't think so. I'll go with Carlos Bayerga. Carlos Bayerga. Or should I say Carlos
1: Bayerga. Mr. Noga?
0: The choices again were whom?
1: It's Carlos Baerga, Kenny Lofton, Omar Vizquel, and Andre Thornton.
0: I I, I got to imagine with, with Kenny Lofton on third base as much as he was that, that Omar Vizquel had a, a, a pretty good chance to drive him in. So uh, I'm going to go with Omar.
1: Well, Joe, you're correct. That's a great wow. Answer. It is Omar Vizquel. He had 62 sacrifice flies. By the way, Travis Hafner was hit 85 times in his career. Wow. 85. That's a lot. He's got some bruises, I imagine. Yeah. All right. Well, That's why he this wore is, that, that thing. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the protective cover. Yes. All right. This is what everybody wanted. We're going to the final question wow. time This is <laughs> our, wow. I know we're nervous. Bottom of the ninth. Two outs. Down Best by a run. Both. <laughs> Best of luck to both of you. What Cleveland player is the all-time career leader in wild pitches? Is it Tom Candiotti? Sam McDowell, Bob Lemon, or Bob Feller? Who is the all-time career leader in wild pitches? And Joe, you get to answer first.
0: Well, I, I mean, we all know that, that, that Tom Candiotti is the, the easy choice because of the knuckleball. I, I, I would think that maybe McDowell or Feller might, uh, might be up there. But uh, I'm going to go with Candiotti just because, you know, simplest choice is the best one.
1: Who are the other three, Ken? Sam McDowell, Bob Lemon, and Bob Feller.
2: For no apparent reason, I'm going to try Sudden Sam.
1: Well, to be honest with you, Ted, this is your lucky day. <laughs> it is Sudden Sam McDowell. Wow. We are just pulling that out of somewhere. Many, I'm not sure where.
2: Seasons, how many seasons did he play?
1: Oh, my gosh.
2: Cause my guess s- is my, I was just trying to pick, I mean, Bob Feller had a very long career, but he right. served in the military in the middle of it. So I was just trying to figure somebody who played with the Indians for a long, 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 long time. And
1: he was he wasn't super long. I want to say yeah, he was seven okay. or eight years. If I'm well, not wrong, all right. Joe, something like that. He, but he had a hundred and he had oh. 114 wild pitches in, in his huh. career with
0: oh. the Indians. candy. I- Tom Candiati only had 53 wild pitches in his career with the Indians in seven seasons. So
1: (laughs) that's, which is unreal. I I thought you're going to have some good
0: catchers. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, Ted, enjoy (laughs) that bucket of pine tar. I know you will, but (laughs) yeah, Joe, Joe, before we let you go, if people want to read your stuff or follow you, how can they do that?
0: You can find me on Twitter. uh, Joe Noga CLE is my, my handle on Twitter. All of our stuff is posted on cleveland.com cleveland.com slash tribe. Uh, you can listen to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you really uh, you, you get your podcasts from, and you read it in the Plain Dealer as well. Uh, they occasionally will post my my stories there in print.
1: <laughs> Joe, your stuff is great. Really enjoyed it. Once again, congrats on all your success, and really appreciate the time. And obviously, would love to have you on again sometime.
0: Anytime, Ken. It was a pleasure.
1: Time for another edition of Spouse or Stranger. It's a game we started last week where I had the privilege of answering questions with A1 Adams and we actually did very well. Ted came up with some questions and we felt as though because it was Valentine's Day this weekend, which we'll get to in just a bit, it'd be great to have this game and ask Ted and his lovely wife, Erica, to answer some questions as well. First question though, how was your Valentine's Day? Erica, I'll ask you first.
3: It was a day that ended in Y.
1: Yeah, outstanding. (laughs)
2: Ted, the yeah. same answer? Well, let's see. We had ho- I was at hockey practice from oh. mid to, to noon. We did a puzzle. We had dinner. And just to be romantic, on Valentine's Day, I wrote Erica a poem.
1: Okay. Did you yeah. want to read that out loud? Or? Sure, I'll read it out. I'll
2: tell you it right now. It says, okay. roses are red, violets are blue, some poems rhyme, but this one doesn't. <laughs>
1: Oh, Erica, God bless you. God bless you. Tell
3: me about it. I ask every day. (laughs) God why?
1: (laughs) Well, here's the rules. So, Erica, what's gonna happen is I'm gonna ask Ted three questions about you. You are gonna send me a message based on what you feel is the answer is, and we're gonna see if your answers match up, and then we're gonna do the opposite. I'm gonna ask you three questions about Ted he's going to give me the answer and we'll see if it matches up. Now, somehow, last week, I don't know how, A and I were six for six, so there's no pressure here. I think no. I did a very good job with the questions, but obviously I have a little bit of an intro as well to let everybody know who we're talking to here. First of all, Erica, who's one of our couple, is the president of Westminster Thalges and has received a gold star as well as being named Woman of the Year in Cleveland for being married to Ted. So <laughs> congratulations on that award. Thank you. And her spouse... Erica, you are a lucky woman. He's a seven-time Dad of the Week in Northeast Ohio, as well as first team all dad in Cleveland Heights, as well as Northeast Ohio and soon will be named Dad of the Decade coming nope. up in the next couple of months. You're a lucky woman. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Dad, we're going to ask question 1 for Mr. Klopp. What is the first purchase that you guys made after you were married? Once again, the first purchase that the two of you made together after you were married. I'll wait for Eric. To... <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, you don't
2: answer verbally. You type him. I in... know, and I'm thinking like I should know this. All okay. right. Do you... Okay.
1: I have an uh, answer.
2: I have no idea. That's I was okay. going to say, okay. I, I guess it's got to be a big thing because I was going to say a souvenir from one of the shops on our. Uh, where it's uh, buy now, Wait. cry tomorrow. Wait. What is it? Uh, uh, plastic is
1: fantastic. <laughs> That's your answer.
3: You don't Just have a,
2: all right, a you.
1: souvenir on our, on our honeymoon. Okay, so I would say that your answer is correct. Plastic is fantastic? Yeah. That's what I'm reading here. Buy now, cry
2: tomorrow. I love it. Yeah, we went to a gift shop and we were in Mexico and the gentleman in the gift shop had two lines of English. When we asked him about the price, he said, plastic is fantastic. Buy now, cry tomorrow. That's <laughs> <Outstanding. laughs> And guess what we did? We used plastic and we cried. today and cry tomorrow.
1: All right, well, you started off well, one okay. for one. Very All impressive. Right. gonna move on to question two. What is Erica's favorite meal? What is Erica's favorite meal? Oh. Uh, now, wait. Are we talking about at home or going out? Let's go with this. Let's say at home for right now. Let's say at home. Wants to make sure she gives the right answer so you can get this correct, Mr. Clark. Very particular. I like the thought process. I can see it as I look at her. All right, Ted, I have an answer. What is what is your answer for Erica's favorite meal? going to go with uh, veal schnitzel. Veal schnitzel. I hate to inform you, that is incorrect. Oh, I have capri okay. salad listed right here. Capri salad. I mean, I love schnitzel, but I could eat
3: well, I could eat schnitzel every day, too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you got to try to balance it all. All right. Mm-hmm. That's only the first one. We yeah. have one more for, Eri- for Erica now, Ted. Yeah. What was Erica's first job? Erica's first job. All right. Ted, I have an answer here. She worked at a bank. Answer. She worked at a bank. The answer I have is movie club at Curtis Mathis.
2: I, I don't know the order of these jobs. so I don't know if she's ever worked at a bank, Ted. Erica, have you ever worked at a bank? Nope. You made loan calls.
1: <laughs> that was a finance company, not You're a bank.
2: A finance company, bank. What's
1: the difference? All right. Well, Ted, you didn't fare the best. Let's see what we can do here. Erica, are you ready for some questions about mr theodore i guess so Good. question one i'm gonna give you a softball here ted's favorite singer okay let me know when you're ready ted ted is now going to be sending me information he has sent this he could not send this fast enough and what is the answer mr joel mr joel yes ted how many times have you seen billy joel in concert five or six Five or six. I know I did have the opportunity to do that with you one time. We were yeah. At, uh, it was, I think, called Gundarina at the time, was it not? Yeah, yeah, it was. As well as Erica. Erica was there as well. Yeah. Yes.
2: I actually, we were with a, I was with a mutual friend, Ken, uh, Sherry, who you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. bumped into Billy Joel at the Rock Hall. We were seeing him at the queue or the Gundarina that night. He signed our tickets, and this was back when you had a physical ticket, and he signed it. And on Sherry, she signed it right across the tear. Oh, gosh. And she, she did not want to let them tear the ticket, and they told her that if they didn't tear the ticket, that she wouldn't be They're able doing. to enter the uh,
1: the conference. Oh. She was very upset. No flash seats at that time, unfortunately. <clears throat> no. No flash seats. All right, well, that is correct. So we have the first one correct, Erica? Oh! <gasps> All right. Here's question two. What was Ted's first car? Make and model, if possible, of Ted's first car. Yes, he's got it here. Erica, go ahead. It was a Pontiac and it was big and I'm thinking maybe a Bonneville. I'll give you a Pontiac. It was a 6,000 STE. So congratulations. Isn't that the same thing as a Bonneville? I'll give you a Pontiac though. That's, I mean, that's pretty descriptive. Yeah. Impressive. Ted, did you enjoy that car? How long did I you that I love that vehicle? car. That car got me through college and uh, first year of work outside college. My gosh. All right. Well, here's your two for two so far. Here's question three. See how well we have this spouse and stranger relationship with the Klops. What is Ted's favorite drink? You mean Alcoholic uh, alcohol or non-alcoholic? I will say non-alcoholic. Non-alcoholic favorite drink yeah, Not alcoholic. Already. Go ahead. a clear soda okay i i will say that that your answer is correct he wrote you canada want to be more dry, specific oh. i was i was gonna say canada dry because there's like a 212 pack sitting on the porch this hold up is canada drive so Erica, yeah. very impressive reno are you disappointed in ted how do you feel right absolutely. now? absolutely one out of three actually well, I will say that you guys more are like spouses than strangers, for sure. Obviously, there there was a couple. I thought softball questions, but they came out as curveballs because there's some more information needed. But my biggest question right now is for Erica. Oh boy! What will be your reaction when Ted is named dad of the decade? <laughs> that will be amazing. Um, yeah, I, I I have no words. <laughs> no words. My Ken, my, my wife is my rock. My wife is my rock. Jim Tony. Yeah. Outstanding. Well, okay. this is what we're going to do. We're going to play this again in a few weeks. And I imagine when we do this again, it's going to be 100%. I, I guarantee it. But okay. better host. Be so. With both of you, I'm glad you had a very amazing Valentine's Day, just like myself. I mean, I did more of the same that you guys did. And, and, I, and I did, I think, three loads of laundry. <laughs> oh, that's always nice. Well, thank you so much. Sure. Another edition of Spouse and Stranger. <laughs> We're wrapping it up here.
2: Episode 42 coming to a close. Ken, I'm going to have to have a few conversations with my wife to get to know her a little better, I guess. Well, I
1: tell you, Ted, I, I kind of feel bad. I thought my questions would be <laughs> kind of a couple softballs, but. I didn't. I didn't think there would be so much involved. I do. Apologize well, I think for that. there was some, don't have any problems at home. I didn't want to. Cause I no. I don't. I, I hope not. I think that there was some confusion based
2: on some technicalities there, but that's all right. We'll we'll get it ironed out. We're going to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Twelve years of marriage, and that's we we get we get beat by a couple that's not even married yet. How about that?
1: <laughs> well, the questions you gave us, we didn't. There wasn't really much in question. Maybe that. I, yeah. take, I take responsibility for that. That's all right. At any we'll rate. How was the, I was the Valentine's Day? Tell us about that. How was Well, that? you know, like
2: I said, we, we, we hockey practice for three kids. We had two practices in a hockey goalie clinic, came home and just hung, kind of hung out with the kids and did some things with them. We didn't really do anything special. We could have gone out, I suppose, if we wanted to, but we chose not to. And, you know, we had Staying just safe. a typical yep. day.
1: Yep. I think many people followed your path. Yeah. So. And once again, there's nothing wrong with that, and we kind of did the same. Besides being in Cincinnati, we really didn't do much going out, to be honest. No, no, no surprises. No. uh, No, uh, no. The The only surprise I had is when I woke up in the morning and I was up. That was it. I'm alive again. Here we go. That's always a surprise. You know how that works, Dad. Every day. Here we go again. All right. How about that? How you doing today? Vertical and above ground. Okay, good. (laughs) That's (laughs) always that's always a highlight. That's a good way to start.
2: Well, speaking That's of highlights, true. next week on our show, we're going to have travel expert Monica Irowski. She has uh, planned some exotic trips for folks, and we're going to talk to her about some of these unique locations and see some other exotic locations if uh, during this COVID time people are, are still traveling, and so we'll talk to her about that as well.
1: Yeah, that should be interesting. I'm interested to hear about that. And also, before we forget, special thanks to Joe Noga for joining us this week to talk about the Indians. So, yeah, he was uh, he was outstanding. Great information. Look forward to having him on again as we get a little bit closer with the season and all that. But uh, just some very nice intel. And once again, I don't know how about you, Ted, but we're talking next week to Monica to talk about traveling. And we're going to talk about Indians baseball, which is probably going to be the last year of that. At least with that name, but doesn't yep. it make you feel like springs around the corner when we have these discussions? Doesn't it make you feel a little bit better?
2: As long as I don't look out my window, yes.
1: Yeah, don't do that this week. Don't <laughs> do that.
2: Just put the blanket up. I have a bad feeling I might need to get the snow
1: thrower out. Yeah, unfortunately I think you're right.
2: Well until next week, Ken.
1: Ted, we're just two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Two middle-aged men in Cleveland
0: is sponsored by anchor.fm Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And by Westminster AV. Custom audiovisual
3: packages for all occasions.